the Upskies, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the GX GamerCast. We're on episode 69! Ah! Of my little gaming show where once a week I just ramble about video games. I love video games, so I'll be talking about old games, new games, top tens. I got a versus series where I put up two things against each other and they battle it out for supremacy. Like the last versus we did, I put up 2007 versus 2010 to see what year reigns supreme. And uh, it was an interesting episode. I would recommend you go back and listen to that, please and thank you. But today we are doing a modern review on a modern game that came out in modern times. That game is Lies of Peace. So, pretty pretty big release right here, uh, but in a year of a lot of big releases. So, Liza P had some pretty good hype around it coming in. The demo release, people were even more hyped up about it. And especially us Souls fans out there, you know, it's... Uh, there's hasn't been anything uh, quite close to the Dark Souls and the Bloodborns and the Sekiro's out there. And, you know, Liza P... It just might be the closest thing we got to competition to FromSoft's Amazing Soul series. So, before we get into the Lies of P talk, let's talk about what I've been up to over the last week or so, as I would love to hear what y'all have been up to over the last week or so. We're in December now, so have you been watching some Christmas movies? Come on now, let me know. What's your favorite Christmas movie? And of course, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is is pretty long and gone, but you know, what games are y'all playing right now? There's a million video games. Just let me know what games are you playing right now as I let you know what I have been up to over the last week or so. It's It's been a week, y'all. So my wife and I, we have completed the Harry Potter movie franchise, finished off seven and eight, and my goodness, I will say that Eight, the, the final movie is still very, very good. It just, it wasn't as good as I remembered it. I mean, when I originally saw that one in theaters, it was it was a weepy moment. It was, I don't think there was a dry eye in that theater that night. It was, it was beautiful. And like I said, it was still very, very good. It's just, um, you know, now I'm very, very much so solidified. Four is my favorite, hands down. It's not. It's not. It's not moving. It's not moving. It's been my favorite one since I first watched it, and that's the way it's going to go. But let me know what's your favorite Harry Potter movie in the eight movie franchise. I cannot believe my wife and I took it down as fast as we did, and it was you know it was a little bit of a void to fill after the Harry Potter movies. But I took down my first. Christmas movie of the December season, and I chose with my first overall pick, Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on now, everybody. If you haven't seen Jingle All the Way, think it's on Disney Plus. Watch it and thank me later. I mean, grew up on this movie, loved it as a kid, and I just continue to love it more and more with each watch. I mean, get the mailman, Rodney King. That's what, that's what Jesse Jackson was talking about. It is an endless quote machine, that movie. I mean, goodness gracious. Sinbad, like, it might be the best thing he's ever done, but literally it's one of my favorite Christmas movies, and I'm not ashamed of it. And I got to check out Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. The final Indiana Jones, at least I, I'm guessing for the Harrison Ford movies anyway. There could be more Indiana Jones movies in the future, never say never. But I really like this movie, man. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. I even like the fucking fourth movie that everybody hates, The Crystal Skull. I thought it was solid. I didn't hate it anywhere near as much as everybody did with the fucking nuclear blast in the fridge and the aliens. Who gives a shit? It's a movie. It's supposed to be silly. And Indiana Jones movies are all silly. Every single one of them silly shit happens. Temple of Doom. They go down a fucking waterfall and a blow-up raft. Like, come on. So... This newest one, uh, it came out and it just kind of went super under the radar. I don't think a lot of people uh, were really into it. But if you're an Indiana Jones fan, I mean, you're going to like this movie quite a bit. I really liked it. And the opening, like, half hour of it, I don't know how they did it, but they made Harrison Ford look like the Indiana Jones from the 80s. He looked really young and, and gorgeous. And, uh, you know, CGI, I guess. I don't know how they did it, but very impressive. I thought the action scenes in this movie were top-notch. Like, a lot of good action in this movie. Harrison Ford was good. It's not his 
best performance as Indiana Jones, but, you know, he's getting up there in age. The dude has a six-pack still, you know, I cannot believe it. I had never even sniffed being close at a six-pack, and here he is at, like, 80 years old, rocking a six-pack. So, good on you, Harrison, making all of us look look terrible, but um, it was a good movie, man. I did like it. Um there's uh, the, the actress that's in it. I believe she's in Fleabag, and I watched that show. I loved Fleabag. Excellent show, and geez, I wish I should just get her name, but she was excellent in Fleabag, and she was in this movie, and the second I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, so really happy that she was there. She was good. It was funny. It was a very just well-done Indiana Jones movie. It's very much so an Indiana Jones movie. It's got humor. It's got a little bit of everything, and... The only thing that I would complain about, it was such a long movie. Almost three fucking hours, man. Two over, well over two and a half hours long. I'm just, I already went on my tirade with this, but like, what happened to the 90 minute film? What happened to that? Why does every fucking movie now need to be two and a half hours minimum? Even comedy movies, like comedy movies was 90 minutes, like Rarely would you ever see a comedy over that. And now even comedy movies, if you can call them fucking comedy now, are like two hours. Like, no, no, no. Not cool. So, Indiana Jones, I give a slight pass because it's kind of like wrapping up the series. But it was a long movie, man. It was long. And, uh, yeah. So, just make sure you're ready with a bunch of snacks and and drinks and, and get nice and comfy for this one. But, good watch, man. Good watch for sure. And what else we got on tap here? Oh, oh my goodness, y'all. So I finished off Welcome to Wrexham Season 2. And shit you not, that might be the most touching, beautiful, heartwarming sports story I have ever witnessed in my life. And, you know, I'm a big sports fan. I've seen tons of documentaries, crazy stories. But this right here, Welcome to Wrexham, holy shit. Like, I dream to have just my fan base go that crazy on a regular basis like I'm a Leaf fan and you know I am not shy about saying that us Leaf fans we kind of suck especially live like in the building at the games we suck we're quiet we're anxious we're horrible it's got to be one of the worst crowds in probably the worst crowd in the NHL honestly for the amount of prestige and the fandom behind the Leafs the worst fans the worst crowds ever but this Wrexham fucking Jesus I might become a soccer fan I am just blown away at the passion of these people the the community of Wrexham is beautiful uh, the people of Wrexham are beautiful the stories it's amazing like I can't believe that this like happened like the it's just amazing like you almost can't write this shit up it's an amazing, amazing watch. Like, if you're down in the dumps, watch some Wrexham. If you're happy, watch some Wrexham. If you're anything, just watch Wrexham, man. It is, it is a beautiful, beautiful tale. And if you're not a sports fan, watch this. And you might understand why people love sports so much. Because this show captures it so perfectly, man. The community, the people, the camaraderie, the connection with the team, the... It's amazing. I cannot believe it. Um, what an amazing thing that uh, Ryan Reynolds and 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 McElhaney, I still can't remember his fucking first name for the life of me, but Jesus, what an excellent show. Like, wow. I it's it's long. It's a 15 episode series and the episodes vary from 20 minutes to 45 minutes, but it's a must watch. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever watched in terms of sports. It's it's an incredible tale, almost unbelievable. You have to watch it to believe it. It's insane. You will not be disappointed. Trust me on this one. Welcome to Wrexham. Wow. <laughs> Holy jumping. And now for some video game talk, of course. So, I uh, played a lot of Liza P this week to get it done. I absolutely just dummied this game but I've also been playing Hogwarts Legacy on the side and now that's my main squeeze now I'm done Liza P so I'm diving into Hogwarts I'm about 10 hours into that game right now and I'm loving it absolutely loving it and I started a new game here on my switch and that game is into the breach so this came on my radar it's a little bit of an older game I think it came out in 2018 or whatever but dirt cheap I had a whole bunch of games on my list that Uh, I wanted to purchase 
Uh, but I was like, oh, I'm only going to pick one because, like, why buy four? I'm not going to be playing any of these games soon. So pick one. I picked Into the Breach and fuck me sideways. Am I ever having a great time with this one? Oh, it's like a roguelike um, tactical strategy RPG kind of thing. And fuck, it's just so up my alley. I am addicted. Just doing run after run. Like, your perp, you got three mechs of different classes you go in and you're trying to like eliminate this alien threat and you have five islands that you gotta complete and if you finish two of them you can go do the final mission but you can go off and do a a whole bunch of these missions and they all got little little extra challenges so you can it's amazing it's so freaking fun like oh my goodness i can uh I get very, very into it. I'm just like, oh, just do another run. Oh, I want to try this strategy. And even though some of the levels are the same thing over and over again, it's like, all right, we're going in here, kill seven enemies, defend this building. And you're just kind of doing that over again. But it being a strategy game, like it's kind of like playing chess over and over again. Like chess, it could be a different game every single time, kind of like Into the Breach. But God damn, am I ever having a great time with this one? I got it for like eight bucks. And it's worth every single penny, absolutely. And I will be continuing on with Into the Breach as my kind of, uh, whenever I got 20 20 minutes to kill, let's play some Into the Breach and and do a run. A run, generally, uh, for me so far, it's like, you know, a bad run would be like 5-10 minutes if I fuck up. And a good run's like 25-30 minutes. So, it's it's a nice, really good gameplay loop and you can be in and out quick or you can be in there for a long time so highly recommend this one on the switch i've been adoring it on handheld it's perfect and uh yeah man absolutely check that game out it's cheap on the regular but i think it's like 15 dollars normal but i got it for eight so there you go 100 percent recommend checking that one out and now it's time let's talk about this crazy little game called lies of peace baby lies of p i would have to say it was one of my more anticipated games leading up to its release uh, the more that i saw of this game now admittedly i avoided all trailers i kind of just were uh, word of mouth is what i was hearing about this game and it was always very very positive kind of funny played it and they're like oh shit this is like on par with FromSoft games and that's essentially what i'm going to be trying to answer through this review, is Liza P on par with a Dark Souls game, with a Bloodborne, and is it worth your time to dive into this game? I mean, yeah, that's kind of the standard way uh, reviews are trying to answer that question. Should you spend your money and time on this? So we'll be doing that, and the thing that really drew a lot of us in, I would imagine myself as well, was this whole Pinocchio thing that's uh, the theme around this game. So... Um, it's not necessarily like the original film, like the old one from the fucking 30s or 40s or whatever. And I grew up on that movie. I watched that movie a ton when I was a kid. Very young, watched it a lot. And I have a lot of memories about that movie. So I was like, oh, sweet. I can't wait to to see what kind of references they're going to be doing in this game towards Pinocchio. And they're in there. They're absolutely in there. Some of them might have gone over my head personally. But there was definitely, now I'm not going to spoil anything in this review, don't you worry, but there was definitely some really big moments in the original movie that I remember that just wasn't here in the video game. Now, I don't know if that was their entire goal. I don't know if that is what they wanted to do with this game now that I'm done it. And there's a little teaser at the end of the game. Now I think I kind of understand what they're trying to do here. They're trying to build this world up, and I'm, I'm very, very interested. If you played the game and you saw that last uh, little teaser at the end of the game, oh my god, am I ever excited. So, with that being said, so this is a pinocchio theme game. Mostly what it means is that you're going to be, I mean, you're a puppet. You're a puppet, and uh, the, the things that I can tell you that are relatable to the original Pinocchio. You got Geppetto, he's the puppet maker, and he's your daddy, basically. You got Jiminy Cricket, fucking uh, love Jiminy Cricket, the the old one. This one's fine. I mean, Jiminy is fine in Liza P. It's just, 
whenever he does that cricket sound, uh, rather it scares the shit out of me because it's out of nowhere and it's a little aggressive or it just kind of annoys me because it's a grasshopper sound and that's not necessarily pleasant. So there's that. Other than that, I mean, Gemini's fine. Geppetto is there and they have these kind of stalker uh, people throughout the game. They're very, very similar to hunters from Bloodborne. They're just kind of people And um, that's where you're going to get some references to the movie. I got one very early on in the game. So I'm going to go through most, if not all, of the boss fights. Or I may just end up ranking my top five that I liked and the top five that I didn't like. Because there's kind of a lot of bosses in this game. And a lot of them kind of fell in the middle. So there's not really a lot of discussion. So I'll probably just do that. Top five bosses I liked and the top five that I didn't like. But I listed them all. I took I took notes on every single boss. I even rated them out of 10, which ones. Uh, so yeah, I have that information. So we'll be talking about the bosses. But yeah, so you're a puppet. You're fighting puppets. And the puppets have gone kind of crazy. And you got to figure out what the fuck is going on, basically. Like, yeah, that's that's essentially what it boils down to. Now, I will admit I wasn't 100% engaged in the story. Um, I don't tend to be when it comes to the Souls games. They're a little convoluted. They can be a little bit complicated. And sometimes you have to go looking for the story, story if you know what I mean. Um, so, story, it's there. It's cool. I did like it. Uh, it's just, I'm not a story guy when it comes to games. I'm gameplay first and... Oh boy, does does Liza P ever shine the brightest, I say, in the gameplay. That's that's where this game shines the most. So with that being said, let's let's dive in, man. Let's let's talk about the gameplay of Liza P. And it definitely is drawing a lot of influence from I would say Bloodborne the most. There is a lot, a lot of comparisons to Bloodborne immediately. I mean, I literally felt like I was playing Bloodborne the second I got into this game. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a compliment because, I mean, you would, if you're making a Souls game, I think the goal, if not to make it better than FromSoft, which is a hell of a task, trying to make it on par is a very big task in that of itself. And I think Liza P has done a fantastic job at being on par with a Dark Souls, with a Bloodborne, with an Elden Ring. So... Let's try and uh, make all these comparisons here with Bloodborne and the Souls games, and then we'll talk about some of the stuff that Lies, Lies of P are is doing a little bit differently than these games, uh, the Souls games. So, with the gameplay, third-person action RPG Souls-like, you know, if you're familiar with the Souls games, this is exactly what you're getting. Uh, but the only difference is it is a more linear... Uh, pathway, a linear game. It's not like Elden Ring. It's nothing like Elden Ring. It's not open world. It's not you're traveling around looking all over the place and finding your adventure. This is a linear game and you're going down the set path. There might be a path or two you can go down and search, but it's all going to come back to the main path and it's pretty straightforward. I never got lost. Uh, There was some level design that I liked more than others. Um, You know, later on in the game you get you get some elevation, you get some weird platforms and shit that you got to deal with, but um, I felt completely at home the the moment I started playing this game. It feels just like Bloodborne in damn near almost every way. So you start out the game as, as the puppet, whatever you want to call yourself, not going to say anything. I honestly thought it was a girl when I just look at the picture, but you are a boy, in fact, and I, that's fine. I mean, that's that's the way it was in the movie, so that makes a lot of sense. And like an action RPG, you don't, like, pick your class necessarily. It's not like, all right, I'm a barbarian or I'm a thief. It's kind of, basically, your decision comes down to what weapon you pick at the beginning of the game. Uh, me, I have always been a strength build in my Souls-like game, so I went with the big sword, with the, and I started building myself up strength-wise. And it's extremely similar, if not the exact same, leveling up as all the other Souls games. You got your you got your stamina, you got your health, you got your strength, you got your technique, you got your mobility, and all that stuff. So you're leveling it up the way that you want to. And I was a, admittedly, a, like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as uh, Bloodborne games. The strength build is what I'm talking about. So... I will say, if you haven't played Liza P yet, and you're planning on doing so, uh, just 
Take note that the, the strength build and the weapons that come with it aren't necessarily the best. So if you're new to these kind of games, I would recommend probably staying away from the strength build. I didn't try any of the other um, builds in this game. I went pure strength. And uh, yeah, some of the weapons are completely useless, uh, especially against the bosses where they're laying down combos and you're trying to swing an 87-pound greatsword and it's just not happening. So... I'd say three of the weapons, the big weapons that I started putting, you know, upgrade resources into, and I got to a boss and I started fighting it, and I was like, oh shit, this weapon is completely fucking useless, and I had to go back to my default weapon. So, for a majority of this game, I was using default weapon. Whatever the first great sword you get, that was what I was using for probably 75% of this game, and then I found another great sword that was just fucking excellent. And, uh, yeah, so the weapon variety in Liza P is excellent. There's a ton of weapons with a ton of variety with a lot of different feels. They all have special moves. For example, uh, my first great sword didn't really have a special move that was all that worthwhile. They just did a little electric slash. So I didn't use it all that much. And these little extra abilities, they're called fable arts. So every weapon has a fable art. Some are better than others. So the second great sword had an unbelievable fable art. You would chop upwards and then fly into the air and come down and just obliterate a bitch with this massive sword. And then my sword would get uh, imbued with fucking poison so I could start slashing people and doing some extra poison damage. Excellent weapon. Excellent weapon. Loved it. So... You're getting all these fable arts, and there's so many weapons, man. Spears, long swords, great swords, a fucking circular disc weapon thing. I don't know what that was. That was cool. And this is something... Well, I'll try, and, I'll try and keep it together with all the similarities to Bloodborne and then the things that Liza P do on its own. So, with that being said, um, like Bloodborne, when you attack, or if you are attacked, uh, you lose your health, obviously... But it gives you an opportunity to get your health back by hitting the enemy after they hit you. So this was one of my favorite mechanics in Bloodborne. It made the game faster. It made it way more intense. It made you play way more aggressive than you normally would in a Dark Souls game. And that's why I love Bloodborne. Bloodborne is fast-paced, frenetic. It's crazy. And Liza P is a lot similar. It's much more similar that way. It's a faster pace Souls game. It's not like Dark Souls 1 or Demon Souls where it's kind of slow as fuck, but it's got some speed to it. So I like that. It's got the visceral attacks, which are basically you could sneak up on an enemy and attack them from behind and do a shitload of damage. Or eventually, if you whittle them down enough, you do enough damage, or if you block enough, uh, a white bar will kind of show up on the enemy, and then you can do a charged attack and then. That'll take them down, and you can do a visceral attack, very similar to Bloodborne, does huge damage, and it is absolutely essential for you to get through this game, I would say. It's definitely it's definitely a must. So you can parry the attacks, and you have the stamina meter. So you can't just swing your weapon crazy, crazy, and you can't just block everything because your stamina meter will run out, and if your stamina meter runs out, you're fuck, you're wide open for a free attack, and you don't want that. So you got to be smart with your stamina meter, and parrying, it's um, it's fairly important in, in um, Liza P. I would say... It's definitely not Sekiro important. Now, I haven't played that game, but I, I know how very important parrying is in uh, Sekiro. But it's extremely important in Liza P2. There's certain enemies where you're definitely going to want to be pretty good at parrying, which is as simple as that. You just hit the block button at the right time to block an enemy's attack. It'll, like, shine red. If you do it perfectly, you take no damage. I'm pretty sure your weapon durability doesn't take anything with that either, so... I can't remember if that was a thing in Bloodborne, if there was weapon durability, but you have weapon durability in Liza P, where you uh, you have a grindstone that's attached to your arm. It's another game where you have a robotic kind of puppet arm thing, so I mean, I know that's a trend going on in video games, a lot of games are doing that, but... Liza P does it too. So you got a little like grindstone thing on your arm. You got to keep your weapon sharp. So that's pretty important too. If your weapon goes dull, you're not doing any damage and you're completely fucking useless. So you got to be on top of that as well. 
So in terms of uh, collecting, uh, leveling up and everything, you're collecting Ergo in Liza P, similar to your souls. Exact same mechanic, kill enemies that give you souls. If you die, you lose some, but... Unlike the Souls games, you don't lose it all from what I can tell. I don't, I never, I didn't have a, a situation where I lost them. I actually had, I don't think I had any trouble whatsoever recovering my ergo. So that was something, and I, I'm pretty damn sure you do not lose it all. If you fail to recollect it the, the first time, I think you just lose like another chunk of them. So it's a little bit more forgiving in that sense. So that's pretty nice. Similar to the Souls games, you will find Ergo all over the place. I feel like Liza P does not shy away with items all over the place. Like, they just, everywhere you look, around every corner, there's going to be something. So, don't be shy. Go looking around. You'll find some extra Ergo. And you got items in this game similar to Bloodborne. You got throwing items where you throw a fucking fireball, basically. A shot put, a cannonball. You got throwable items. You got consumables. Uh, things that can help you with resistances from shock and uh, poison and shit like that. You have gr uh, grindstones that'll imbue uh, or give your weapon uh, electrical powers, acid powers, fire powers, stuff like that. So that's all pretty standard stuff right there. And now some things that Liza P do a little bit differently than the Souls games. So this one I absolutely adore. It might be one of my favorite fucking uh, things that they added in the Liza P that I hope they... Actually, they might be doing it. I can't even remember anymore. But when you, you have your uh, health recharges, you have so many. I think you start the game with three. And I feel like I ended the game with eight total charges. How many times you can refill your health. So I feel like that, they're pretty generous with the amount of those that you can get. And you also can have... Um, these amulets very again just like in bloodborne you get these amulets that give you a little extra perk it could be oh it upgrades your strength it gives you extra carrying capacity it gives you um this one i had was so fucking awesome it would be uh, randomly uh, if i use my health charge sometimes it wouldn't like use one like i get a free use and that was so clutch sometimes i shit you not there were sometimes i would heal three times in a row and it just it was just giving me free heals. So that amulet in particular was insanely uh, useful for me. I used it pretty much since I got it throughout the whole entire game. It was just extremely useful. Uh, you have... Uh, the, sorry, back to the things that are similar to Bloodborne. There's just more things keep popping up. You also have a weight carrying capacity. So if you go over a certain weight limit, you won't be able to do your rolls fast. You'll have these slow, shitty, useless rolls. So you have to make sure uh, you're in a proper weight limit and everything has a weight to your armor, to the amulets, to your weapon. So yeah, I had to put in a lot of extra points because I'm a strength build. Obviously, my weapons are going to weigh a shitload and everything I, everything's going to weigh a lot. So you got to be careful with that stuff as well. But some of the amulets, there was like a an upgraded weight capacity one that just gave me all the weight capacity that I needed and more. So they have that as well. But back to the thing that is really cool about Liza P with the health charges. If you run out, you can start attacking the enemies. And if you get enough hits, you can actually reclaim one charge. So that was beyond useful for so many times throughout this game. You're running out of charges. And then once you run out, you start playing extremely defensively. And if you're lucky enough, you can get enough hits and reclaim a charge, and man, that's so clutched. I love that mechanic right there. Just allows for just more chances, more opportunity to get, uh, to keep going. There were some boss fights. I thought I was Dunyan Rings, and I kind of just kept what was able to dodge enough and get enough hits in to reclaim another health potion, and it got me through the fight. So, absolutely love that mechanic. And like I, I mentioned, they have the the puppet robotic arm thing. So that plays in to a, a new mechanic that Souls games don't have. You get this kind of interchangeable puppet arm. So you find these different kinds of arms and you can upgrade them and they each have like a, a different little power. Now I will admit, uh, I think it's because I was so comfortable with my Bloodborne feeling and that these particular mechanics weren't really in it. I didn't use the Fable Arts as much as I should have and I didn't use my puppet arm as much as I, I should have, probably. I did use it, though. I did use it quite a bit. Uh, you start out with a pretty cool one. It's just like a puppet 
string and you can shoot it at the enemy and they'll pull them close to you and you can just start going to town on them. That one was cool. Uh, another one that I used, you get there was a, a shield. You can just kind of bring out a shield and you can parry with it. And if the enemy attacks you, uh, it'll explode and do some damage to them. So you can upgrade all these puppet arms to add in more powers, make them more powerful, faster, more charges, you know, that kind of deal. The one that I got hooked onto was kind of the, it's like a fucking mine. You can put down little bombs, little time bombs, and the enemy walks over it. It explodes and does some pretty hefty damage. So I was using that thing, fully upgraded it. That was the one I committed to, and I liked it. It was pretty cool. Uh, that's the only ones that I use, so I, I don't know too much about it, but it was cool. It added some variety, but like I said, I forgot about it probably 70% of the time that I even had it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm struggling. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I should put down some bombs, like fucking set up a trap, bitch. Like, goddamn. So you can do that kind of stuff, which I thought was quite cool. You'll uh, find this resource. It's called Quartz. And you use Quartz to activate the pulse organ. And what that is, it's basically like an extra, almost like a perk tier system. So you got five levels of it. In each level, there's four slots and if you fill in the slots you get an extra really useful perk uh the best one was you get an extra health charge so i was using that put in two pieces of quartz and bam you unlock uh that particular perk and when you do two of them per phase you move on to the next phase and you can unlock a whole another variety of perks and little extra bonuses so the quartz, you don't come around them very often. They're quite rare. You can buy them, but they're very expensive. There's only so many you can buy. And yeah, it was it was very cool. It was useful going to level up. Uh, the little extra perks. So it's like a perk within a perk. Uh, the little perks can be little things like, oh, you get a little bit more uh, health when you... Um, when you attack them back and, and shit like that. Just little tiny little boosts that are, you know, it's better than nothing, I guess. So that, that was pretty cool. And then later on in the game, you get access to these like golden coins and there's this big kind of golden tree or whatever the fuck in, in the place that you're at. And you can collect the coins. I think you get a coin every 10 minutes or something. A coin will spawn. You go to the tree and grab them. And with these coins, you'll get this like cube and within the cube, you can put these stones in it, and there's a whole variety of stones, but they give you a really good bonus. So, similar to Bloodborne and the other Souls games, you can summon in an uh, uh, NPC or a, uh, someone. You can have someone spawn in and help you out with the boss fights, which is extremely useful, and I absolutely use that throughout this game whenever possible. It's there, so you might as well use it. So, with this cube, you can put in... Uh, a uh, little fucking thing, and it'll give you a perk. So the one that I liked using was uh, the people that you summon in, they're called specters, and I would hit my cube thing, and it would heal my specter. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. So just trying to keep that specter in the fight for as long as possible just to give me, you know, to get the, the big boss's attention off of me and onto them so then I can go in and do some attacking. So that was great, and there's so many of them. You can make your specter do more damage take less damage you can make you can revive them you can heal yourself over a periodical time you can give your specter fire damage electric damage so there was a huge variety of them which is great i only use the two of them i used to heal myself and heal my specter that's it that's the only i did revive my specter once but i found that the, the healing them was better so that cube also offered in a lot of extra help and, and something that I find made the game easier than your average Souls game. So I can probably say it's tough for me because I am, you know, a Souls veteran at this point. So it's hard for me. And, you know, you take it with a grain of salt when I say this is a easier Souls game than, you know, some of the harder, you know, Dark Souls 1 maybe. Uh, it, it's not the toughest. It definitely gives you a lot to help yourself out with the cube you get you can summon in an npc to help you i would say 90 percent of the fights they allow you to bring someone in to help you out so yeah it's it's it has its challenge for sure but it definitely gives you a lot of opportunity to try and help you get through it so that was good and i think that's pretty much everything with the gameplay that's uh, pretty important i would say other than that it feels 
very bloodborne y. So, what else does it feel gives you that bloodborne feel? Well, absolutely the graphics. The graphics immediately, I'm like, yo, this looks like bloodborne. And so, with the Pinocchio, you would think maybe it'd be like kind of colorful, you know, Disney. But, you know, uh, with a lot of those older Disney movies, now they may have turned it into a charming Disney flick, but a lot of the original stories are fucked. So fucked. So. This isn't your Disney Pinocchio, let's say. It's a definitely a lot more grimy, very dark and gloomy, and lots of factories and smoke and fog and wet and just, yeah. If you've seen Bloodborne, it's essentially what Liza P looks like. It's beautiful. Now, I would say personally, Bloodborne is it's a better art style. It's a better, it may not look as good, you know, because it's on a different system, but I like the art style more in Bloodborne. It's just more gothic. It's it's just, <clears throat> but Liza P ain't no slouch, man. It's a nice looking game, The envi- especially the art style. Like, I love the look of the game. It's so, it's just, it, it feels like you're walking through the UK or something. It's gloomy and gray and wet and cold, probably. Like, I feel the cold. And... It's a good atmosphere, man. It's a very strong atmosphere in this game, and I like it. It's factory-filled. It's, yeah, man, I, I like the look of this game. Uh, the bosses are, for the most part, really cool-looking. Uh, the character that you're playing, um, we'll just call him P, very cool. I like the, you can customize your character, and right out of the gate, they basically just give you a Bloodborne outfit, so I wore that the whole entire game. The top hat, the glasses, and the nice hunter's coat. So, I literally, like, if someone walked by me and said, oh, hey, you're playing Bloodborne, I would not blame them. I mean, it looks like Bloodborne, it, it plays like Bloodborne, and yeah, if I saw someone playing it, I'd probably be like, oh, is that Bloodborne? Oh, wait, hold on, that might be the Pinocchio one. But yeah, very similar looking, but uh, enemy design is, is definitely a little bit different. So in Bloodborne, you're definitely dealing with a lot more uh, gruesome, disgusting monstrosities. In Liza P, a lot more puppets, mechanical puppets. Uh, they're very cool, but there is a lack of variety when it comes to your average enemy. I mean... Uh, they're they're cool. They just don't really stick out as all that different. You kind of have like, all right, there's like normal puppet A and then medium-sized puppet and big puppet. But there's a few standouts for sure. I don't want to spoil it too much, but there, there was definitely some enemies that were cool. Uh, some of them are pretty generic. Like, they kind of just look like a dude and... Yeah, I mean, they were fine. They were definitely fine, uh, but the bosses were pretty fucking cool all through. Uh, some were similar looking to, you know, the regular puppets, but it's cool. I, I like the design of the enemies in this game. Pretty fucking cool. And then, like, the NPCs or whatever, like the Geppettos and all the people that you're hanging out with in this hotel. The hotel is, like, your hub. So the world is called Krat, and you're spending the majority of your game. The hub, the home, the home base is the Hotel Krat. So that's where you're at, and that's where a lot of characters are going to be. Uh, not everybody is a puppet, I don't think. Uh, they don't seem like they're puppets. You got normal people. Uh, you got Geppetto there. You got um, an old bitch. And then you got the stalkers. So the stalkers are pretty cool. They all wear, like, animal-style masks. And I love the stalkers in this game. They are so much fun to fight. They're exactly the same thing as hunters from Bloodborne. They're just kind of, like, humanoid normal people enemies but they fight just like you do and they're super fun to fight so i'm going to be going through i'm not going to go through every single boss i have written down every boss and rated all of them i'm going to go through my top five that i liked and the top five that i didn't like and the rest of them there might be a couple shout outs but the most most part there's kind of existed you know what i'm saying so we'll be talking about the bosses in a little bit but let's talk about the sound of this game as well. Quite nice. I mean, the the voice acting in this game is pretty solid. Nobody really stood out as incredible, though I did like Ali Doro. He was a very interesting character throughout. Not going to spoil anything, don't worry, but Ali Doro was pretty fucking cool. He's kind of doing his own thing, and he's got a pretty interesting situation that goes on uh, with his storyline. So Ali Doro, not the homie, but he was cool. And then... Uh, I, talk, I don't know. I can't remember if I talked about Jiminy. Uh, Jiminy Cricket, 
that's uh, straight up from the movie. You got Jiminy Cricket in the old movies. Definitely prefer the Jiminy Cricket from the movie because you can actually see him. You don't see this Jiminy. And he's a little bit annoying, sort of. It's not his voice. It's his little cricket sound that he makes whenever he wants to talk. And it rather, A, scares the hell out of me, or it just kind of annoys me, that cricket sound. So, Gemini, he's fine. It's just, ugh, that cricket sound just fucking really dug into my ear for some reason. I didn't like that. Um, some other, oh man, the Red Fox and Black Cat, man. Those two, oh boy, okay. I'm not going to get too into it. But they were cool. They were cool, or maybe they're not cool. I don't know. You you fuck tell me what you think. But um, they're pretty cool in my books. So yeah. Uh, the music in this game. So initially, it wasn't doing a lot for me. I wasn't like, oh, oh my goodness. But as the game kept going on, it started to pull me in more and more and more. And then the the last section, the last kind of like couple chapters of the game, this this music kicked in. I was just like. Oh, like I almost got emotional. It just it brought something out of me. Music is pretty fucking good, man. Like it's similar to Bloodborne. Like when you're doing the big bosses, you're going to have some pretty crazy music. Now, I don't think it's hitting the levels of Bloodborne. Like their music is fucking insane, but it's good. It's definitely good. It fits. I like the music. There's nothing wrong with the music in Liza P. Quite nice. It was at the end of uh, chapter 11. Uh, whenever something happens in chapter 11 and then all of a sudden this like kind of somber music kicks in i was just like fuck man hitting me in the feels right here but it was it was groovy and then the the like everything else the the sounds of the weapons and everything oh oh buddy when you make a nice perfect parry it's pretty fucking satisfying it's all clang and yeah like the weapons they're they're nice sounding they got a good sound to them you get that you know that Dark Souls, Bloodborne thing, when you hit the enemy, you get that, like, dripping wet blood sound that's hitting the ground. That's in there. So everything's, like, bloody and just, like, dripping all over the place. Great sound. I love it. Um, One thing, back to the gameplay a little bit, that I did not appreciate very much was, and they have this in the Souls games, too, if your weapon hits a wall, your attack is negated. It just doesn't exist for some reason. So, fuck that shit. Like, don't put me down a little alleyway. My sword is 10 feet long, so get the hell out of here. I hate that mechanic, so just let me hit through walls. I don't care. That's not going to ruin my life. But what ruins my life is when I hit a fucking wall and it goes bang, and then I get nailed and fuck piss me off, god damn it. So screw that shit. But the weapons, the sound design in Liza P, very, very good. Okay, it's fucking time. It is not a Souls game unless you got some quality boss fights let's count them out let's see how many boss fights um i know i definitely there was a few that i didn't do because there's options right there's some boss fights depending on the story the way that you go down this game there's some fights you can do and there's some fights that you can avoid and whenever there was a fight avoidable i probably avoided it so there's that uh one two three four five six 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 bosses that I fought in this game. So we'll, uh, I'll rank my top five that I liked and the top five that I hated. So let's start with the ones that I didn't like. So the real sad thing about the bosses that I didn't like, a majority of them were in the back half or back third of the game. So uh, we'll start out with, um, I'll go with number five as Champion Victor as uh, the one that I didn't like. Uh, He wasn't a bad fight. It was just a little bit generic. He was basically just Puppet Bane. Like he's just huge jack dude, Uh, literally had like juice going into him just like Bane did in the old Batman movie. So... I mean, I wasn't getting a lot off of the design of him. And he was a pretty easy fight. Like, he's huge. I thought his attacks were pretty easy to dodge and block. And his second phase wasn't all that special. He just got stronger and a little bit bigger. So, it, was a, it wasn't a bad fight. It was just kind of okay. And another one that was just kind of okay was the Door Guardian. This one has barely even felt like a boss fight. But if it has the big health bar, then I count it as a boss fight. Uh, This was easy. Just a really easy fight. It was pretty late in the game too. So I was a little bit surprised. This one was 
pretty easy to figure out. He had this, he had like two or three spots to attack. He had this pretty opened up looking foot. So I took down the foot, he dropped, and I took him out in no time. So uh, it was a pretty easy meh fight for the door guardian. Alright, up next for the bosses I didn't like was actually the final boss in Lies of P. At least for me, I've read that there is actually another fight for certain storylines, but I, I guess I didn't follow that path line. So for me, the final boss, it was kind of almost reminiscent of Elden Ring where you got this first phase fight and it was cool. I mean, the first phase was a fine fight. There was really nothing wrong with the first phase of the fight. The creature looks really... Interesting. I can't go into too much detail, but its second phase, it kind of evolves into uh, a more intense-looking situation. But the second half of the fight where it starts to lose me, uh, it's moving around the arena all over the place. It's in the air. It's fucking flying around this arena all over the place. And I, I found a lot of the time I was just chasing this fucking thing down just trying to get a hit on the damn thing and not only is it flying around all over the place in the air on the ground it's unleashing these relentless combos and it has disruption damage which basically if it fills up your bar you're dead you're dead instantly it's one of those things uh i think it's called like blight or whatever in the dark souls games regardless it's i hate things like that where it kills you instantly it's really unfortunate so this final boss has it's giving you this disruption damage so you have to stay away at points it's um it was a pretty annoying chaotic fight man like it, it so much was going on so many uh what do you call them projectiles are getting launched at you it was fucking hectic and a little overwhelming it wasn't terribly difficult or anything it was just an kind of an unpleasant fight i was not a fan of the final boss and i've said this before in this review a lot of the bosses i didn't like are in the last third of the game so it really you know kind of hurts my overall feeling of the game where the back third just kind of really dropped off hard and up next so this fight was fucking I don't even know how people would have gotten through this if you didn't use a summon, but the Black Rabbits, the second time you face them. The first time was fine, it wasn't too bad, so this is kind of your classic gank fight, which means you're getting teamed up on. So this is a four-on-one to a four-on-two fight, depending if you bring in a summon or not. So you're going up against four different members of this Black Rabbits fucking club thing or whatever, and you got... Uh, three of them that start the fight. So you got three different people. And like Dark Souls and all those games, uh, when you are in a gang fight, someone is playing it aggressive and then the other ones are kind of staying back and not being overly aggressive. So that was appreciated. But regardless, this gang fight was a fucking mess. An absolute mess. So uh, the strategy for this one, if you are struggling with this fight, which I imagine some people are, uh, the goal is to not take them, like, take out one. Take one out as fast as you can, and then the two that are remaining, whittle down their health as low as you can, because once you kill the second one, the fourth member comes in, and that's the big brother. The big motherfucker comes in, and, and he uh, he's not too bad, because he's big and kind of slow, so you can kind of block and dodge his attacks, but... If you don't play it right, there will be a point where you have fucking three people running around uh, with health bars, and it's absolutely chaotic. So this fight in particular, it, I don't know how anyone would be able to get through this fight without the summon, because it would be a three-on-one fight. There's virtually not much of an opportunity to get an attack in, especially if you're the strength build like me, where it takes uh, a second or two, you know, to swing my big weapon, so... I got through it, it was just a very, it's just an unpleasant gank fight, man. Just not good, I feel like they were just trying to capture the magic of Ornstein and Smau, I think that's the name of them in Dark Souls. The, like, the OG gank fight, the two-on-one, you're like, oh shit. So, uh, I don't think they captured it very well, I don't think, uh, like, three of the four members are pretty similar in, like, they're just kind of like people and they're just attacking and then the big brother he's like twice the size three times the size of everybody it just wasn't a pleasant fight i was not a fan of it so 
That's my second least favorite fight, and the least favorite fight that I had in Liza P by far was the Corrupted Parade Master. This guy can go to fucking hell, and a big problem with this fight is he's rather large, and a lot of the time the camera was battling me in this one. He would be doing his thing, going all over the place, and the camera just can't keep up. I would get pushed into a corner, and all I see is wall, and I have no idea what the fuck is going on, and I die, and that's just not good. It's also spitting enemies out, so you got extra enemies to deal with. It's shooting out poison you gotta deal with. It also, I found that it wrecks your weapons durability faster than anything. Like, I swear, there would be like, I block two things and my weapon is destroyed, and... It's shitty, like, you have to, if you don't have a repair tool for your weapon, uh, it's still, even with that thing, it takes, like, four or five seconds to repair your weapon, and if you need to use your actual grindstone thing, it takes, like, 15 seconds. Good fucking luck uh, charging up your weapon again in a boss fight when this fuck is going absolutely crazy on you, and his moveset was just insane like he has this absolutely ridiculous relentless aggressive move set with huge combos and the re- he does this grab move which i for the life of me could not figure out how to dodge it i i could not figure it out i tried everything and i just it was not dodgeable for me and by far the corrupted parade parade master was my least favorite fight i absolutely hated it uh didn't like i was raging mostly just because the camera was god awful in this fight i'm pretty sure you're fighting on like kind of a bridge if i remember correctly and it's a little bit narrow so yeah the camera was just horrendous during this fight literally had no idea what the fuck i was doing through most of it and just kind of got lucky beating it eventually but corrupted parade master shit fight absolutely hated it so let me know what fight did you like the least in liza p so let's go on a positive note let's talk about the best boss fights in liza p for me. So I will admit that a lot of the ones that I liked are actually the stalker boss fights, which are very similar to hunters in Bloodborne. They're just kind of people, they're aggressive, they have a very similar moveset to you. Some of them might even have the same weapon that you're using, and they can use fable arts, and those fights were just extremely fun. So all of the stalker fights are honorable mentions and also will get full mentions as we get into this list. So the first stalker that I'm going to mention is the robber weasel. It's it's pretty self-explanatory. They're all kind of similar. They're just a lot of fun. The dude had a lot of health though, I found, but it, uh, just a really fun fight. I really, really enjoyed fighting the stalkers. White Lady, she was another stalker fight. She had the rapier. So she was pretty quick and uh, provided a little bit, quite a bit of a challenge for me, honestly, because again, I got this big fucking massive sword that I'm swinging around. And yeah, she can kind of just poke me and stop my attack completely. So I had to play it pretty damn smart around the, the White Lady. She was a little bit tough. And I think my favorite stalker fight was the first one that I did, which was the Mad Donkey. I mean, damn, dude. So not only, like, the the donkey, I got the the connection to Pinocchio right away with that. I'm like, oh, fuck. The, The kids turning into donkeys when they're smoking and drinking and shit. I remember that from the movie very vividly. So I was like, oh, shit. Cool. This is one of the you know, one of the earlier things to Pinocchio. I was like, oh shit, there's the mad donkey. So that's pretty sweet. He was aggressive. And yeah, right away, this one tickled my pickle. I was very, very happy to see a fight like this in the game. I just, I love these fights. So that's all the stalkers. Let's talk about the ones that weren't stalkers that I really liked. So the King of Puppets and Romeo, it's kind of the first phase. He's the King of Puppets in this massive friggin robot thing robot puppet and then he goes into a different form on the second one but the intro to this fight is unbelievably awesome you're in a stage and uh, a little play goes on before your fight and it's absolutely excellent i wish there was more of that in the game like a little bit of that comedy and a little fun uh this one by far was the most charming and it was a good like fun tough two-stage fight the second phase gets very aggressive and fast fun challenging fight and i love the design of the boss and the music in this one absolutely slapped really good shit i love this boss fight and i love that little intro i want more 
good little funny intros like that for bosses in the future. That was spectacular. And now my favorite fight of the game. I feel like some people may absolutely hate this one, but for me, I love this fight. So Walker of Illusions. This was maybe the hardest fight in the game for me. And um, this one took some practice because you really got to get your parry game going for this fight because this thing is coming at you. It kind of reminds me of... um, I think it's the wet nurse in Bloodborne. It's just this really aggressive, fast. I think it's got multiple weapons on it, and it's yeah, man. It was a really fun fight. I got it was so satisfying once I got her pattern down, which didn't take too long. And then I was just parrying her perfectly and getting off my attacks. And she's got big combos, man. And the kicker on this fight, this bitch will duplicate. So you got to deal with two of them at the same time for a short period of time. If you take out the duplicate. Uh, it does not have it anywhere near as much health as as the real one. So you take that one out. Bro, I shit my... I literally wanted to quit the fight when she popped into two. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. I'm in so much trouble. But uh, it wasn't too bad. It was actually probably the most satisfying, challenging fight of the game. It didn't feel annoying to me. I can completely understand if someone didn't... If someone fucking hated this fight, I so I would totally understand why, but for me, it was an extremely satisfying fight. I really, really enjoyed it. That was my favorite fight in the game, and I think that's pretty much everything we're going to be talking about with Liza P. So let's answer the question. Does Liza P stack up to a FromSoft Souls-like game? So... We'll go through the cons and the pros, and then we'll answer that question officially. So what I didn't like throughout Liza P was the weapons hitting the wall. Now, that's not that big of a situation. It's just something in the Souls games that is kind of in all of them, and I've never liked it. Uh, I will say that using items, especially during like a big boss fight where shit is crazy, you got to use the the D-pad, and you got like two, three uh, item situations that you can put stuff into and you got to go up on the d-pad to uh, show your first set of three things and go down on the d-pad to show your second set of three and then i don't even fucking remember how to get to your extra bag but you got shit in there and when you're in a boss fight and you're like oh shit i gotta go up on the d-pad over over and then hit x and it can it can absolutely ruin my fight like i've died because i was dicking around with the stupid item uh, menu uh, during a fight and it just it was not ideal it was not smooth to use during combat so I didn't really like the the item system all that much and then I felt just straight up the quality of the bosses and the level design took a dip in the in the final third of the game I was uh, rather let down with that because it was such a strong start the middle was good and then they really didn't go anywhere else with it if that makes sense like I was expecting a little bit more and yeah the quality of the game started to take a dip for me personally in the back third I can't I didn't see how long it took me to beat the game now I heard 30 hours I really don't feel like it took me 30 hours to get through this game I blew through this game took me like a little over a week I'd say to get through it really didn't take me long I didn't find it that long but it did feel a little bit lengthy at times it it definitely and especially some of the level design it is linear and a lot of the levels really kind of blended together it was kind of okay straight path there's a left or a right you can go once in a while and then it's it's very linear I mean that's the point of a linear game but a lot of the levels really didn't feel all that different I can't really point out a level that I was like oh man this is a really cool design like there was this one level later in the game where you're going up this like wooden fucking tower and that was just dreadful I didn't like having to cross these little dinky fucking platforms didn't like doing that uh yeah I mean the level design was fine but it really just didn't grab me or really um blow me away at all it was fine it was pretty easy you know that's uh, one of the bigger differences I found from a Souls game to Liza P. I found the levels getting up to the bosses, I never had a challenge. I never really had a problem getting up into the shortcuts or get to uh, to the boss. I didn't find the levels hard, really, at all for me personally. Um, now, with a game like Demon Souls, some of the levels in Demon Souls are 
10 times harder than any boss you're going to fight in the game. So Liza P didn't have that problem, at least for me. I found the bosses are going to be your biggest challenge in the game. I don't think getting through the levels is going to cause you too much pain. There's the odd kind of like mini-ish boss enemy that you'll only have to deal with once in a level. They'll have a couple of those, but none of them really challenged me overly. So, And even one of them, uh, I have one written down here. You do have to fight them later. But uh, let's see if I can find his name right here. Uh, Puppet Clown. So there's there's a one boss. Uh, there's two puppet clowns in the game. One I just ran right by him because I did not have to fight it. It's just kind of a big old uh, long street, and he was up there. And I said, tried fighting him. I'm like, you're pretty hard. And then I was like, oh, I could just run by you. I don't have to fight you. So I didn't. Uh, later on, you have to fight him, and he was way easier later in the game. But yeah, for the most part, if shit's really hard, you can honestly just run by it, and eventually they'll unaggro and they'll leave you alone. So if you're ever in doubt, just run, and you'll be fine. And yeah, that's pretty much all the stuff that I didn't like about the game. And now that last point with the quality of the game for me going down, that's that's a pretty big uh, blow. But the pros of this game, I mean, by far the the combat to me is my favorite part of the game. It feels one to one basically with uh, Bloodborne. Very, very satisfying combat. I love fighting uh, the enemies. Like, when the game was over, it re-rolled me into New Game Plus, and I just played more because it's just a lot of fun killing with the weapons in the game. So I really enjoyed the combat. It's a lot of fun. It's extremely satisfying, and you will feel right at home. If you played a Souls game before, it feels and plays just like a Bloodborne, just like a Dark Dark Souls, and that's great. That is... That's an achievement to make it feel that good. Like, if someone just handed me this game and, and didn't... They're like, oh, here's the new FromSoft game, and I played it, I would not know the difference, honestly, at some points. There would be some, like, oh, that's not very FromSofty, but it, pretty fucking good, man. And that plays into the controls as well. I like the movement. Uh, the weapons feel very satisfying. I like the, the control that you have with everything. And... Yeah, so the controls, the combat were great. I thought the graphics on the game were were good. They weren't they didn't blow me away like Bloodborne did when I first played that game. Uh, but it's not a bad looking game whatsoever. The art style is really, really nice, very dark and gloomy. Like, oh yeah, they nail that very well. I love the amount of weapons that are in the game. There's dozens of weapons to find. There's special weapons. They all have a different feel. So that adds into a ton of the replayability. You can come in and try this fucking crazy weapon. Like, I got this really cool-looking katana that I was super tempted to uh, go ahead and play with, but I would have to start up a new character and, you know, get a technique thing going. But, yeah, the replayability, I think, is, is pretty damn nice with Liza P., the music was quite nice. I actually really did enjoy the music once I got uh, through the game and I kind of reflected on it. I was like, you know what? That music actually was quite nice. Really good music. The voice acting was quality. Uh, there wasn't anyone that put in a bad performance. I felt like everyone did well. And I got to give the stalker fights a good shout out. Every single stalker fight was a was a, just a treat. I loved every stalker fight. And I was very tempted to... There was two stalkers that I decided not to fight. And, man, I wanted to. Because I was like, oh, it's a stalker fight. Like, I love the stalker fights. But they were the homies. So I didn't, I didn't want to hurt them. So that's it. That's it. So I'm answering the question. I think, absolutely. This is a great Souls-like game. And I feel it is up to the FromSoft standards. Absolutely. I'm giving this game an 8 out of 10. I think it's a great video game. If you're a Souls fan, you're going to feel right at home here, and you won't be disappointed. Uh, you might be a little bit disappointed like I was with the back third of the game, but I might be nitpicking. Maybe I was in a bad mood. I don't know, but that's how I felt about it. Now, where it comes to uh, with Liza P in the whole entirety of the Souls games that I've played, I can easily say that I prefer Liza P over Demon Souls, Demon Souls stole my soul when I try when I platinum that game. I will never play it again. I have no appeal to try that game out ever again. I'm done with it. I j nope, no thank you. So it wins over Demon Souls and possibly Dark Souls One. Now I know people are in love with Dark Souls. They think it, it's, but for me, when I played it, I thought it was fine. I thought it was really easy. I yeah, I mean. 
I know everyone goes crazy about the level design of Dark Souls. Great. I love it too. But I might, I would, I don't know. I might have to give Dark Souls another playthrough. Give it another real good go and and really try to get in there. Because when I played it originally, I used a guide. So when I use a guide, I definitely do not get immersed into the game as much as I would if I just played it naturally. So I would like to give Dark Souls another chance. So with that being said, I'm not going to say that... Uh, 100% that I like P- Liza P more than Dark Souls 1, but it's uh, it didn't surpass Bloodborne, it didn't surpla- uh, surpass Elden Ring or Dark Souls 3 for me. The rest in the Souls series I haven't played, but I think this is an absolutely worthwhile game for you, especially if you're a Souls fan. And even if you're new to the Souls game, I think this is a real, this might be the best one to get yourself into before you try to tackle something like a Dark Souls 3, a Dark Souls 1. It really shares a lot of the same mechanics with those games. And I found it pretty... Not, like, you know, easy, but easy, I think, in standards for a Souls game. I found it pretty tame. Like, out of 10 on the difficulty scale, I'm probably at, like, a 5.5, maybe a 6. It's not that high. Not that high. So, you get the... You can call inspectors, like I said, for virtually every fight. There's a couple you gotta do it alone. And, yeah, it's, it's a pretty forgiving game. Like, you don't lose all your souls when you die. So, it's not, you know, completely... Uh, like soul crushing when you lose a bunch of souls like i said i didn't lose anything throughout this game i didn't lose it lose my all my souls once so i didn't find it that difficult but it was a ton of fun to play and i would recommend it especially for the souls fans out there and let me know especially if you're a souls fan and you played this game was it up to the standards in your opinion to the souls games from from soft from from Soft. i gotta stop trying to make that sentence work because it's not working anyway so I think that will be it, everybody. I really, really enjoyed Liza P. Um, it can be and may be in the discussion at the Xyz, which are coming up at the end of the month, my video game award show, where I give out all of the fun awards for all the video games that I played this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that will be incoming soon. So stick around with the GX GamerCast and the GX Plus Cast. I do more than just video games. I do wrestling and hockey as well three shows per week these all get uploaded to the youtube channel uh, excuse me gamer gx videos all the links are down in the description you can also follow along on twitter link is there as well you can i'll throw up announcements and ideas for upcoming episodes and i have discussed uh, my plans for december they're pretty locked in with uh, the X's, I may be doing a video game awards uh, discussion once all the results for that comes out. I'm playing through Hogwarts Legacy. I would like to do a review for that game as well. And a top 10 uh, for the month I would like to throw in as well. So it's, pr- it's pretty loaded, but uh, I would love if you have some suggestions for episode ideas. We're coming into the new year, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Oh, also... Ocarina of Time turned 25 this year, so I have to uh, get an Ocarina of Time episode out uh, sooner rather than later, so that one's going to be shoved in at some point. I don't know where it's fitting just yet, but it's coming. It's coming. I'm building the episode now, so be on the lookout for that. We got an upcoming uh, pay-per-view, NXT pay-per-view this weekend, so there'll be a review for that as well, along with your wrestling recap and the NHL, uh, the hockey cast uploaded one of those the other day making some conversation with uh, what's going on in the NHL so if you're interested go ahead go take a listen to some of those I would really appreciate it and I would appreciate it even more so if you like the podcast review it do whatever you have to do follow tell your friends tell your mom tell your aunt tell your aunts step cousins best friends dogs and cats tell everybody that you need to tell Fucking help the homie out. Help the little man out over here. I don't want to work anymore, goddammit. I want to be... I want to do this. I want to do this. Anyway, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. You are awesome. You're even more awesome if you review and follow and all that great stuff. So be a double awesome person and do all of that, please, and thank you. And we will be at, we'll be back again soon with some more GX Pluscast. <laughs> <laughs>